Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today we have an um, inter interesting episode. I mean, most of my episodes of late have been pretty interesting because I'm talking to people. Um, but this one involves two friends of mine uh, that I know through the San Antonio Off-Road Runners group, um, both women, and um, both attempted the Cocodona 250-mile race in Arizona last month. Um, this race goes over five days. It's incredibly technical, mountainous, um, <laughs> um, and even though we've got some, you know, decent hills and whatnot here in San Antonio, it's really hard to train for something like this, or so I'm told. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to let them tell you about their experiences. This would be Ann Ludwig and Vicki Allen. And um, Ann was raising money. Uh, she got a charity bib for this uh, race, um, and she was doing um, a fundraiser for Bigger Than the Trail, which is um, a mental health um group, which, you know, is self-explanatory. Um, and Vicki, um, had to buy her own bib and I'll let you hear the, the startling cost of that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they, they each had different approaches to, uh, training for this race. Um, and again, you know, living in San Antonio, we, it's not impossible, but it's, it's challenging. And, um, you know, and I think they both, and I think the interesting thing about this is, um, yeah, spoiler alert, they did end up getting pulled, um, the first day <clears throat> for various reasons. And, uh, and again, I'll let them tell you about that. They were two of 49 women, uh, out of 200, uh, runners in this, uh, race. So that's, that's kind of an interesting, significant, uh, point. But what I thought was really cool was that after they, you know, got pulled, um, they just kind of hung out. Um, that is, uh, Vicki and Anne, um, Anne was with her, uh, significant other Robbie. Hey Robbie. Um, uh, who I'm going to probably talk to about, um, doing some swag for our, um, for the podcast. We've been talking about this for a while and I think we're going to finally break down and do it. Um, Nonetheless, uh, where am I going with my thoughts? But yeah, they ended up staying out there um, for the rest of the week and um, did some hiking and cheered on some people and just, you know, got to know some of the other runners. And um, it just sounded like a really exciting experience. I mean, me, you know, but, but again, you know, I, I wouldn't know what this would be like, but I mean, I know when I've DNF'd a race, I just want to go home and just like, you know, hang my head and, you know, cry into a pillow or something. <laughs> um, but they did not do that. And I mean, it took them a little time to process and, um, you know, because they both have been, you know, thinking about this for a year and, you know, trying to do what they could to, you know, train for it. And, um, you know, didn't exactly go the way they wanted it to, but they did learn a lot. And I think that's probably the valuable takeaway on this, um, particular interview. Um, I also interviewed them while they were, <laughs> they were out at government Canyon, uh, which is one of our state parks. Um, I was supposed to join them, but my weird hip issue, uh, was, was kind of keeping me from considering running. Um, and we'll talk about that on the back end of this, but anyway, here is my interview with Anne and Vicki. Okay. Here we are. And I'm recording. So I've got two people here live 
from Government Canyon and me in my living room. Um, anyway, Ann Ludwig and Vicki Allen, correct? Correct. Okay. Because I know on Facebook you used a different name. And so it's like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, I don't know if you're like, you know, trying to be secret. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so you guys just ran out at Government Canyon. How many miles did y'all do? I did six. Oh, good. I did almost nine. Ooh, you overachiever. Do you live near there? Vicky? No, we both live on the other side of town. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because when you said you're going to run through the neighborhood beforehand, I was like, oh, she must live nearby. So. No, it's a really quiet new neighborhood. So it's just, it's pretty to run around and they decorate it really cute and the holidays. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Got to fly. Um, yeah, that's the, I think Government Canyon is one of the weirdest entries of any state park uh, in Texas that I've been to because you're driving through like on your way to the front gate, you're seeing the suburbs. You know, It's kind of this weird disconnect. It's like, what's this about? You know, but anyway, um, so yeah, so you two just came off of quite uh, an attempt um, adventure, um, Cocodona. So let's let's talk about. First of all, I'd like to know. I mean, Ann and I have talked before, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get an extra credit. <laughs> so um, A plus. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. I mean, yeah. I mean. I don't mind re-interviewing people, but, you know, I'm trying to avoid that, but this is different. So, you know, right. you're my first special person um, that way. So anyway, um, so what on earth would make someone decide to do 250 miles? Um, yeah, <laughs> it just seems like, <laughs> who, you know, and have either of you done a hundred before? Mm -hmm. mm. Sort of. Mm. Uh, yeah okay okay Vicky so. has for sure okay which one did you do the snowdrop oh you did snowdrop okay jam. oh man god love you I tried that and it just did not happen uh, oh did you do it um uh, god what's the word <laughs> virtually yeah, yeah okay. we did okay. news virtually together Ann and I to prepare for Copadona it's hard enough to do that race even if you're there and to try to do that thing virtually just seems crazy. Er. <laughs> yeah, it's a little fun to navigate through. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, I know. I just, I, I also think that might be part of the reason I got injured is just because I've got this hip flexor that's just like really mad at me right now. And, and, but um, anyway, that's another story for another time. So, um, so you're kind of like, well, why not? Or it kind of was that we were out running. I don't even, McAllister or it could have been here and we were just discussing the race Vicky had brought it up and I was like oh that sounds interesting and we're like oh maybe we'll do it and then I just kind of there was a charity bib that opened up and I jumped yeah. in with my you know eyes wide open and nothing else thinking to it <laughs> and sometimes it's the best way there. Yeah, well, I think sometimes that's the best way. And uh, and your and your charity, um, you, um, I mean, I know what it is, but I want you to tell us. It was bigger than the trail, mm -hmm. and you get the charity bib through Wonder Project, and then 
Bigger Than the Trail's mission is to help those with different mental health illnesses. They provide three months of free counseling. Mm-hmm. Well, at least that's where it starts. And then yeah. they go from there if the person needs more. Um, and you just call and they give you a short interview as to you know what you need or a sheet to fill out. But wow. a lot of different runners and it's, you know, trail running is good for that, but not everyone's a trail runner. So with runners such as myself and Vicki and yourself, you can do different races and then uh, raise the money so that they can use it to help people. So did you have to pay for the bib or did you just, you were, they gave I it did to not you? pay for the bib. It all went through the charity. I had to raise 3000 and I oh. ended up raising close to 5000 Wow. Yeah. I think I throw in a little bit toward that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Vicki, were you also part of that, that charity um, group? No, by the time I kind of caught wind of it, it went through and was already closed out. <sighs> so I, I did have to buy my way in. And then, Ooh, How uh, much was yeah. it? Uh, I think it was 1800 when I got in. Oof. So it was a, I, a, you know, a pretty, pretty good chunk, but yeah, you know, you, it was, unbelievable things to be able to go through and see an adventure you know you really just you couldn't put a price on it sure that was the thing. so as long as it was achievable then we could do it and of course you know we still had people help out with some of the travel costs and um, mm-hmm. you know people who stepped in who helped out navigate and of course Anne's Robbie helped out a whole lot with the the crew so yeah we had a a lot of support all around <laughs> great yeah you flew and ann and robbie you guys drove right right yeah okay and uh how long did that take from san antonio we could have taken it in one day it was like a 14 hour but we didn't want to be on the road that long so we stopped in las cruces stayed at a small little cute little place um and of course you know we don't know how people flew because, I mean, we had the van stuffed with just everything that you needed for this. <laughs> and I can't imagine having to fly with that much stuff. It wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't yeah. have worked. <laughs> so how did, you, how did you do it, Vicki? And I also remember, I seem to remember that you missed your outbound flight or it got canceled or something weird happened, uh, right? It was just a mess. I had, like, travel arrangements like crazy, the, like, Two, not even two weeks before, like a week and a half before, uh, we were coming back from Colorado from a race and uh, the flight just like totally changed its time. They didn't notify us at all. And so the flight left without us and we had to get all new tickets. And then uh, on the way, it's like, you know, bright and early AM flight. I'm like, there's no risk at this at all. I'm going to be there in plenty of time. And then we have a five hour layover. Oh my God. I was just losing my mind by the time I got there. I can only imagine. I know I was feeling for, well, I was feeling for both of you, but I I did feel for you having missed that flight. You know, it was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, I have, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of weird when I get to races. It's like, I really like to be there a little early just so I can kind of set up and kind of get my mind right. And Cause I know some people, you know, don't mind just pulling up and going and I, <laughs> it makes me too nervous it's, yeah there was yeah. A, a lot of coordination it was definitely one of those had to spend some time when we got there you know repacking our stuff how we wanted it to be and the morning of I had to do my drop bag so it was kind of like by the time we got there I didn't even remember where I actually had my drop bag <laughs> so oh man it was it was interesting 
So how did you get all your stuff on the plane? Uh, I just had to do the oversized bag. Okay. That's all there was, but it still um, came out to be, you know, a lower cost, but I definitely like, I won't fly anywhere anymore. It'll, I'll just drive everywhere. <laughs> I just don't trust <laughs> the airlines anymore. Which is lucky her bag came with her. Yes. That yeah. was also one of my biggest fears. Yeah. The lo lost luggage. Yeah. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. I mean, when I used to live in Florida, I can remember one time I flew nonstop from Fort Lauderdale to Cincinnati or Cincinnati to Fort Lauderdale, I don't know which was. No stops. <laughs> and they still lost my luggage. Apparently it went on to the next city. So, you know. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So how do you pack for something like this? I mean, my God. Or it's a lot of stuff. I mean... We came back with a lot of snacks. Um, you know, you 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 really don't know what you're going to feel like eating in something like this. So you pack everything you're used to, and you got to pack change of clothes. You got to. We were required to have certain gear for certain mm -hmm. locations because of either it was going to be super hot or it was going to be super cold. Um, and then of course, trying to put it into our vest, that was a whole different issue. Yeah. But I mean, you just, you, you overpack, you know, that that's the only way you can, you can describe it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know even if I have to do like a simple overnight or a weekend race, I mean, my car, when I pack it up, it looks like I'm going to another planet. So I can only imagine <laughs> you're like touring the solar system or something. Yeah. Um, oof, man, that's crazy. Um, yeah. And they were requiring you guys to carry, uh, what was it, like four liters of water at a time or something like that? For that first. Uh, okay. That, what was it? 12, 12 to 14. No, it was, it was 22 miles that we okay. had to carry the four liters and uh you know it suggested to bring a filter and that you needed more and you definitely needed more <laughs> you needed oh. like eight to 12 liters of water on you oh my god Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's not, yeah and apparently my understanding of that first leg is that it's straight uphill is that correct more or less it wasn't, or? Uh, wasn't straight up but it it just kept on going up like you would think you were at a peak and then it wasn't it was like fall summit and so you had to keep on you know going and again and making a turn and yeah a little bit of everything right right so yeah. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna back up for a second because i, I want to talk to you about training for this because there's you know there's training plans for 100 milers okay and um you know now that now that we've entered this new era of the 200 miler or the 250 or you know god knows what else they're going to come up with but um what kind, what kind of a training plan do you use for something like this and well i kind of just did my thing i everything that i thought i was going to do didn't happen you know um, I wanted to have long weekends. I wanted to go to the park and spend the whole day out there, but then I'd always find, you know, I had something to do in the evening. So it didn't, you know, I think there should have been more training on my part. Let me first say that. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, 
how do you prep for something? You just, it's just like, you never know how the race is going to go either. So ideally there should have been weekend, like hundred mile runs where I took the whole weekend off, started on Friday or even Saturday morning and just ran for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably what you need. There needs to be elevation for something like this, which is really tough in Texas, or at least where we're at here. No, it's better um, than the Valley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Let's be on that. <laughs> but, but yeah, right. I mean, how do you, yeah, I, I just, yeah. Um, so thinking about a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I um, uh, had a lot of hiking inside of mine. Um, I'm lucky enough to be on Team Ninja. So I have Tommy Gulch as my coach. Okay. Um, he's uh, been there for Jekyll Jam and everything for me. And oh, so uh, that helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he, we also have um, Andrew, uh, who he went through and finished the Cocodona and um, Nick kind of on that, that same team. So they did, they did a wonderful job, but lots of hiking. Um, same idea. It was kind of hard to get out to where we really needed to be out to Bandera more often than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it was about getting the climbing in, but it was definitely a lot more different. I was kind of interested to see what the hiking was going to really roll out to be. And um, the hiking and the time on the feet were definitely the right way to go because mm-hmm. uh, running it just wasn't, wasn't an option. No. It, it wasn't just the whole thing was like, be patient, take your time. It's going to be way slower than you really think that it's going to be. Yeah. That's pretty much the moral of the race. <laughs> yeah, my hat's off to you guys. I mean, really, I wouldn't even think about trying this. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, because I wouldn't even know where to begin in terms of training or anything like that. I mean, yeah, Bandera makes sense. So does Camp Eagle, you know, those kinds of places, you know, where it's just heinous rocks and stuff. But I'm sure it's probably nowhere even close to what that is out there. Am I right? Yeah, we tried to get out to Eisenhower as much as possible. But, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. You're pretty familiar with the hill country. And even today, like, those rocks normally all kind of, like, slowly skirt across them. And today, I'm like, they're nothing. I'm just going to roll over them. Because now, because of Cocodota, it's like, no, that's not scary anymore. Let's yeah. move. <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I, I really, really like that. <laughs> it's uh, It makes a lot of sense. I mean... Yeah, I still haven't gotten used to rocks. I've lived here six years. You can't trust them all the time. No, my niece will tell you that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's crazy. So, um, so the, let's let's get to the start line. So, what what was? I mean, this this must have been just. I mean, you know, again, I saw a lot of your social media posts and whatnot, but this just looks like. Well, I mean, I, I met the guys from Arva. How do you say that the company's name? Arva, Arva, Arvapia. Arvapia, that's it. Yeah, I met them at Bandera, um, and they're kind of hippie-like, I guess. That's the best way I can describe them. You know. Yeah. Um, so, so, what's the scene like at the start line and and packet pickup? I mean, what do people look like? Do they all look like you know hardcore badass runners, or do you see regular people? <laughs> You know, I felt like everyone came in different shapes and sizes. I mean, you had those that you could definitely look at and say, oh, she's a badass or Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's going to kill this thing. But once again, you can't 
you know, underestimate 250 miles and what your body's going to be like out there. So everyone's pretty excited, nervous. Um, you think you're overdressed, but you're probably not because you're gearing up for the sun mm. to come out. People are chatting, they're hugging each other, they're hugging their loved ones, they're rechecking and double checking and and you have a plan to stay together and then you lose each other. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot more of like it was runners who we really, you know, looked up to and, you know, have seen and watched and, you know, they're the ones who kind of have inspired us to take on a lot of the races that we've done. So it was more not like paying attention to people's body styles or what they could do, but it was more of like, we're on the same towing starting line with those people. And right. like the energy was just, it was really good. Everything was positive. There wasn't like, you know, anybody who was like really antsy or, you know, really freaking out about anything. It was kind of like a, a solemn mm. adventure that we yeah. were all just ready to go on. It was just kind of quiet and still, but like we were just as cool as the cool kids. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think that's what I love about trail running. Um, and that reminded me of why I love trail running is it's egalitarian. You know, it's sort of like, you know, I remember reading about Jim Walmsley, for instance, you know, getting lost at, um, you know, uh, Western States the first time. And, and I saw him come in at Bandera when he won. And I was like, whoa, you know, and yeah. And I mean, so it's like anything can happen to those, you know, badass looking runners. But yeah, I just wondered about that, you know, and it, not to make that seem like a slight or anything like that. I mean, oh, and again, yeah. I think it's cool that they don't put people in corrals or anything like that. And, you know. I just think that yeah, makes it really, everybody spread out pretty fast. It was definitely, you know, groups before too long to where it was like, you know, four or five people would be together and then that's it. So it seems like there was a lot, you know, at the start line, but it really wasn't that many people. We were yeah. all pretty spread out from each other and would just group up to pull each other. I think it was a total of 200 people. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Wow. There were only 49 women. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, so that means 151 men. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't do math, so I'm sitting there going, <laughs> this, "This is an easy one. I think I can do this." <laughs> um, very cool. Um, so how how did it feel? You know, taking off. I mean, I I know trail races. You know, when when you start, you know, yeah, you've got your fast packers. You know, you got the people with their poles you know who are starting off hiking and whatnot um did you two plan to stay together the whole time or did it just sort of you kind of made a gentlewoman's agreement it's like okay we're gonna have to be on our own or do our own race or kind of a little bit of both I think we planned on staying together a little longer than what it was but it was so dark and there were so many people and it was single track at the yeah. start oh. that it was it was literally like not even a quarter of the mile and I look back and <laughs> I think that she's right by me, but we're not together anymore. <laughs> so we kind of wait and both of us are kind of, I think, trying to find each other again. And it just didn't happen. And before we know it, there's a big water crossing and there was oh. a lot that happened at the water crossing. Yeah. So what was like, one on there? Oh, uh, one person fell. Uh, you had to kind of like really be careful because it was really uh, like algae. Mm. Oh, so, God, slippery. Yeah. <laughs> 
slip easy and then it, it was like a, a beach walk up to it so there was a bunch of sand and you had to get all that out of your shoes yeah. and make sure your feet were okay because yeah you were about to be you know going into some climbing right oh my god yeah <laughs> I didn't realize there's an early water uh, crossing yeah. those are always two miles in two miles in Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get nervous at the one out of Government Canyon by the dinosaur tracks. You know, almost, yeah. Yeah. Really well, this was, it was a little bit higher and a little bit wider. Yeah. yeah it, sure. it was like a little Texas river. Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, God. Yeah. That's scary. Um, yeah. I remember one time at a summer race, I think it was Pedernales. Um, I slipped on a rock and fell in the water. <laughs> Actually, it felt good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that was so how did how did the beginning um, you know, once you got through all that mentally, what was going on? Just kind of I've got this, I'm just gonna keep trucking or I was just gonna having... keep trucking. I was just gonna keep on moving one foot in front of the other, wasn't gonna rush it because for myself, you know, I'm usually the back of the packer anyway. And my thought was, I just need to keep moving. Don't overheat. Don't, you know, go out and say, oh, you know, I, I can go out fast and take my time at the end. You can't do that in something like this. So <laughs> not if you're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, like, can't imagine. Um, so were you guys listening to music or anything or do you just kind of I didn't have anything going yeah I was just listening to around because it's you're talking in a place I have no idea I've never been to I don't know what kind of wildlife that's going to be out there I knew snakes and that was about it that's bad but enough I see any, well I did see one but <laughs> <laughs> Vicky what about you yeah, I listen to music because it helps go through and kind of calm me down um, when I hear a lot of people kind of wrestling or hear myself heavy breathing, which definitely was the case, you know, because the altitude changed. So it took a, took a minute to get the breathing kind of under control. And I can imagine. So that was kind of fun. And uh, my pacing was obviously off knowing, okay, well, this isn't going to be a runnable area. It's going to be more of a, you know, hike, fast hiking possibly. Yeah. Uh, so that itself kind of, slowed it down, made it to where, you know, I really needed to concentrate on the one mile at a time situation versus going through. Cause I was going to just break it up into marathons mm -hmm. and then it's like, no, that, that went out the boat and it's like, okay, this is going to be a, a mile by mile to every eight station situation. <laughs> that sounds about right. But I mean, I can also understand wanting to break it down and, and, you know, you know, I mean, because mentally you've got to do something. You know? yeah. like, I think for everybody, it was like trying to go, okay, you have 200 and X miles left. That okay. went out the window after like, you know, the first five miles, everybody says they dropped that mentality and just kept going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Um, so, Anne, um, uh, I know you, you weren't, I think there were people behind you, as I recall, because I was tracking you. <laughs> <laughs> there were people behind me for a little while <laughs> yeah well that's see that's always a good feeling you know because you're like okay at least <laughs> there's that you know or you're like I'm gonna beat the lady in blue or whatever <laughs> right I mean in a race like this it's probably stupid to even think that way um but so where did you start getting uh into trouble or or so 
Yeah. You know, I never really felt like I was in trouble. Let's okay. put it that way. Okay. Um, the, so the sweepers came into mile 11 aid station uh-huh. and they had, were with a guy and I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm getting out of here, right? Because yeah. I felt like I had plenty of time. And then they ended up catching up to me because I was stopping to catch my breath because my heart rate kept, you know, oh, going yeah. up into 170. Mm. And I was just like, I had to catch my breath. And I'm like, okay, this just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So they caught up to me and I said, hey, what happened to the other guy? And they said, well, two things. We pulled him because he wasn't going fast enough. And he did not have the required water. I don't know how many times we were told to make sure we had the required water. He didn't have it. There's a bug on me. Um, So (laughs) they pulled him. And I said, am I going that slow? They go, no, no, no. We start with you guys. You have plenty of time. Well, we were, you know, we kept climbing. And I was just struggling with that heart rate. And I would have to stop to get it under control and she was concerned very nice sweeper um who says she never wants to sign up for the race yet she's done the race three years in a row as a sweeper so she's kind of already done the race that's a cool job it's a totally different mentality she said to me she's like no if i race the race then i gotta race it this will just take my time So she was kind of concerned about the heart rate and that I was having to stop and slow down. And she said, you know, at this rate, you're probably not going to make the cutoff because you're having to continuously slow down. You're having to get it under control. She called the medic team because she was really worried about it being in, you know, 170. And, you know, I'd get it under control and then I'd start climbing. Hmm. So they said... They didn't want to evac me out. They they were concerned because literally where we were headed, you had to mule water in. Oh, wow. So it wasn't going to be easy if something happened. And the medic and the sweepers decided that it was best that they turn me around and bring me back to aid station 11 and have the medics, you know, check my blood pressure and, and all that. So that was my end but i told them i said well i'm making sure that everyone knows i didn't quit that you pulled me and she was like not a problem (laughs) no i think that's really important yeah because so how was your um was it just the altitude that was you know creating havoc for for your i'm um, guessing it was the so i researched it a little bit and i have an appointment with my cardiologist um, I have an arrhythmia kind of thing, but it never really bothers me when I run. Um, but Googling, it talks about how sometimes arrhythmia and elevation don't go together, that you might not want to do strenuous activity in elevation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, as the week went along, the heart rate got better. Good. So I'm assuming I just, you know. If I ever decide to do something like this again, maybe take an extended, extended vacation and get there sooner. Maybe I can, you know, acclimate better. I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Vicki, what about, yeah. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you, you off. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Well, so how, how, um, how did your day go? You know, I mean, I, I yeah, realized. 
with going slower, um, I ended up having just nutrition issues. You know, mm -hmm. I have a, that celiac. So when yeah. it decides it wants to not play well, it makes it to where I just can't keep anything down. And so I was trying to be really smart about what I ate and it just wasn't happening. So pretty much after mile 11, I realized I'm, I'm in trouble because this is taking a lot longer and food's not staying down. And I don't know what I'm going to do at this point. And at that point um, was when we were having to carry all the water and same idea. I was having to kind of like stop, get sick, sit for a minute, calm down, get back up and find, you know, little bitty pieces of shade and little bitty corners that we could. One of the girls that was uh, kind of just staying with me, luckily she was a, like an emergency EMT. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness she was able to get you because like Anne was saying, you had to get to an aid station and it wasn't like two miles and four miles away. You had to go eight miles, or, you know, further to get yeah. to the next one to even make a decision. Right. And so, uh, she was able to kind of get it to where I could kind of push through a little bit more, but, uh, the aid station that I ended up getting to, um, I was really close to not being able to make a cutoff and because of the timing being so off, mm. uh, like Anne was saying, it's hard to pack the bags. And one of the things I'm like, Oh, I don't need it is, uh, pants. <laughs> I was oh. like, I've got my heavy shirt. I'm going to be fine. I don't need to cram the pants in there. Cause it's, it's going to be daylight still by the time I get there. No problem. So of course it wasn't, and I was already getting really, really cold. So uh, at that point I had gone like 11 hours without being able to eat anything. And um, hydration was all off. Um, you know, the travel, I had no, you know, backed up stored food because I really couldn't eat anything that was in the airport other than like chips. So that made it a lot, a lot harder to go through and be able to balance back out. So uh, I ended up kind of getting a little early stages of rhabdo. Ooh. so uh it was kind of on both of our sides we kind of played a dangerous game with our bodies and yeah. after we got back we it it it's taken us longer to recover we're definitely still feeling issues from it still really wow and rhabdo um that's the i've i've heard of this um tell me about what that is yeah so it's pretty much um, your muscles are trying to go through and break down and then your liver's trying to not function anymore Oh, okay. So it can be pretty dangerous on both ends. Um, it's like playing that fine line with heat exhaustion. Too. Right. Yeah. I think I have seen people with that at um, some of those uh, summer races. And so, but I just wasn't real clear on, on, you know, what that is or how, you know, how you know you've got it if you do, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so how did you feel um, when you got to that you know, aid station and you knew you had to drop? I mean, was it a sense of relief or was it sadness? I mean, what did you feel? A little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, my phone also was almost dead. And my so my music was dead. Everything was pretty much dead. And so uh, I kind of had to go through and be like, all right, I, you know, I can't really get to them. I have no service, so I can't really call them. So I'm pretty much just here and that's all I can go through and do. So it was more of, I had another girl who was with me who was in uh, really, really bad shape. So it was kind of a watch her, make sure she was okay, try to get her what she needed, um, try to take care of myself mm -hmm. and then uh, just wait until we were able to get picked up. And so luckily they had blankets and a fire and so was able to kind of warm up. And then, um, uh, you know, as soon as kind of they got to us, it was... 
I don't know, maybe one or two in the morning by the wow. time I got to, got to in and them. And we kept asking, do you know where a little girl, she's a little girl. I kept calling her a little girl. I know she's not a girl, but she's just little. I said, I'm looking for my friend. Do you know where she's at? Because, you know, I was checking in with the aid station, wanted to make sure she, because like she said, her phone service, you know, wasn't working. That was another thing. I mean, phone service was shoddy. I mean, even for me, when Robbie had no idea what was going on, he was asking, he was at a place where they kept him. And they're like, I don't understand. You're not allowed to DNF in the middle of the course. And she was, she had already checked point and they're saying she's DNF. I don't understand. And so, you know, even the medics trying to get people to know that, Hey, your people are okay. It, it's kind of nerve wracking, but yeah, I think it was, she was super cold and we put the heat on in the van and got her warmed up. And I think we just kind of all fell asleep. Yeah. We pretty much <laughs> slept through that night and then, uh, you know, recover the, the following day for what, yeah. where we could. Yeah. And, uh, the one thing I, I, I thought was really cool. Um, I mean, cause I've dropped, I've, I've quit snowdrop twice <laughs> is, and this most recent time I quit, I just, my mind wasn't right. I was just a mess and I was, you know, depressed. And I was just like, I'm not going to be around my friends because I don't want to bring them down or, you know, cause it's like some, you know, sometimes when you DNF, you feel like you're like this, where's the corpse? <laughs> Nobody wants to be around the corpse. You know? so, um, but you guys kept, uh, kept up your adventure a little bit um, in the subsequent yeah. days. I, I think thought it, that was really it, cool. It pissed us off more than anything else. Really? We like, okay. Okay. At first it was like, okay, we can't really, the next following day, it was like, all right, we really don't know. I think at that time we were kind of just happy for the break. But then the next day we were like, no, we're, we're going back out there. We want to get on the course and do more of the course. And yeah, we were feeling on. good so, at that point. You know, right. we had rested. We had gone through some emotions the day before. Um, and we knew everyone was trying to reach out to us. And at the same time, we were, you know, we we're like, okay. We were still trying to deal with our own emotions but right. we knew people were worried and everyone had been following us so we're trying to you know answer separately here and there letting people know okay we're okay but at the same time you know at one point one of us you know went off and and had an emotional breakdown and then the other one went and had an emotional breakdown and then we had it together and and then we were like <laughs> you know we're at an aid station watching some of the you know because we had that extra day, we were able to get to a point in the race where we were seeing the leaders come in. Oh, that must and be cool. So that kind of, you know, made us excited and cheered us up. And and that's what kind of gave us that, you know, the next day, West Plate came in and we were fangirling. And he's kind of the one that we watched a bunch of his videos before we did the race. Yeah. And, uh, we got to talk to him and take pictures and that's fine. And then he told us, if you just do this portion, do this little hill, you'll get to the next aid station. It wasn't that little, but it was, it was little. <laughs> and uh, he caught up to us and kind of hung with us for a couple minutes and then went on his way. Wow. That's cool though. I mean, so yeah. So, I mean, I just, I thought that was really super cool. Yeah. Cause I, I was just, 
trying to imagine what your, you know, emotions were like. And I know, Anne, you had posted something about, you know, you guys are still processing it. And so, you right. know, obviously I wasn't going to start messaging you and going, Hey, how's it going? You know, I mean, I just, I was just kind of like, I'm just going to lay back and just, you know, just know that I was thinking of you guys a lot during that period. Um, but I also didn't want, I, I also respect, you know, cause you do go through a variety of emotions after being forced to quit a race or deciding to quit a race, you know? And, and so, you know, and the feeling pissed and then maybe having the emotional breakdowns kind of like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so, uh, do you think you'll ever do it again? It's been a process. I think we initially were like never again. And then they have like these smaller distances that they came up with after we had already registered for the big one, they came up with 125 and then they have a 36 and I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll do the 125 and then I'm like oh maybe I'll do the 36 and it's kind of like well maybe I you know Vicky went and was looking at the website last week and she's like oh guess what and I was like she didn't sign up neither of us has signed up but it's that itch we're like oh we can we can do the 125 but at the same time you know we had after the race we were like okay we need more of this we need more of this let's you know sit back reevaluate what we need to practice what we want to do and i i think you know the 250 might be something i might want to look at again in five years mm -hmm. not super right away but do some things differently um Robbie and I, that last day we were in town, we did do that last Mel Eldon climb and it took six hours to do six miles. Wow. Wow. Cause that was a climb and there was snow and I fell in the snow and it was, you know, but that's part of the 36 mile. And I was like, you know, that's a little simpler. Go out there, do the 36, see how that feels. That's then maybe the following year, do the 125. <laughs> but I need more hundred milers under my belt. Yeah, I can see For me, that. at least that's, that's my thought. Um, do a little bit more stuff local, figure out the elevation thing and go from there. Yeah. Probably practice with those packs and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how some guessing. Yeah, a bigger pack. I already bought a bigger pack and started training with it. Cause I was like, I'm never going to be unprepared like that again. <laughs> I'm going to have my pants on me at all times. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So Vicki, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely like Jamil and his friend have just, they've made a beautiful course. There's, everything out there is just absolutely gorgeous. It looked amazing. And yeah. When you're not, you know, feeling like it's destroying you because it's you know you're melting from the inside out then you know it's it's wonderful to go through and be out there I definitely would have that third day when we went back out there and did kind of that it fielded so area beautiful. It, was just, it was so pretty and so nice but it was even still you know a, a little bit of a struggle because it's still at elevation so you're still breathing and it's still hot and still not a lot of shade so I mean their mountains are mountains and the only way that we could explain it was you go to our hill country and it's our hill country times 10 you okay. know it's continuous 
you know, that's the only thing you could think of. And now, you know, Robbie and I were driving home, and I was like, he's like, hey, babe, go run that mountain. I said, fine, no problem. I can do that now. You know, because you see the hill country, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a hike now because I, I don't plan on doing 250 miles of hill country. <laughs> no, no. Like well, Rocky Horror, but the 50K is like 2,200 feet in climbing to do that 50k there and then uh it was ten thousand <laughs> to do the 50k yeah there so it was just like you know you really have to have that climbing and like Anne was saying there's there's a lot of people who had already done you know part of the, like the triple crown races they've either done moab or done you know ones that were 200s and um on the questionnaire it asks have you done 100 before and you have to have said yes because if you if you hadn't even on a multi-day then they wouldn't let you race it because they know darn well you've got to be able to get yourself out of that trouble to that next stage mm -hmm. station so yeah. uh it's definitely you know not a not a race to walk into unwillingly you gotta <laughs> really you know be committed your mind has to be right and everything and that's yeah. another focus that i have to work on is mental strength yeah I think, I think that's more than half of it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking from my own experience from the last year, you know, just, yeah. Your mind gets so crazy. You can't think you pretty much have two choices. You know, you want to stop or you want to, you want to keep going and everything in you says stop, you know, you got to be strong enough to keep, keep going through it. Right. Right. So, um, I was going to ask you one more thing and now all of a sudden my brain has just kind of gone, Hey, um, Oh, and I know we're we're coming up on time here too. Um, Vicky, um, okay, is there anything else uh, before I wrap this up? Is there anything else you guys would like to throw in? Again, my hat is off to both of you for uh, attempting this. Um, and I think also this is what I was going to say is that I think also with with this kind of an um, outcome of a race, you, you always learn something, and it definitely sounds like you both learned a lot. And and so, I mean, it's it's hard to anticipate what you know you might think oh yeah I kind of know what that might feel like but you know it's a completely different thing when you're in the middle of it and you know you're like oh wow this isn't exactly what I thought you know so um and I think that's good I mean I think that's a very positive thing and it sounds like you both have learned some valuable lessons or whatever but oh yeah we learned yeah. a whole lot and uh you know just the experience of being out there with you know people we could get tips from and different you know ways of thinking on different stuff was just you, you couldn't replace it so it was it was pretty amazing that's great that's great um all right uh is there anything you would like to add um that i haven't really asked you about or that you feel like we need to know i've tried to cover it <laughs> no i think that the biggest take anyone should have from our experience is do it if if there's something you want to do, just grab it by the horns and do it. Because if you keep sitting back and you say, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, you're not going to know for sure if you are or you aren't. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we thought a year of training was going to be enough, but, you know, so did several other people that went out there and did the race. People who had done bigger and longer distances than us. And they had to stop, you know, so just sign up and do it for the adventure. 
mm-hmm. at least, you know, and you learn and you sign up again. Yep. Exactly. Like, as long as you keep on going back to it, then it's still, you know, worth, worth chasing it. Oh yeah. No, I think that's, that's a very apt description or philosophy about that. So cool. All right. Hang loose real quick. Thank you ladies. And I am going to stop recording. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I thought they were really fun to talk to and um, just really enjoyed, um, you know, hearing about their experience and um, you know, it, it, and I think what's great about it, as I said earlier, is that I think it it's it's important that you learn from these experiences, even a, you know, even as devastating as the DNF can be or disappointing. There's always something to learn from from those. God knows I've done my share of those things, so I get it. Um, so yeah, um, hopefully they will take this on again in the future, um, maybe with a little different training. Um, approach. Um, but you know, it, again, it's, it's like anything else. You don't really know until you get there in some ways it's sort of like, well, I can imagine what it's going to be like, but you know, it's a different thing once you're there. Um, and so I think that was valuable, you know, a little Intel for them. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, me, uh, I, I just got back yesterday. I spent, uh, all day Saturday up at the Texas trail running festival, um, where I volunteered. Um, I, uh, finally got to see Brad Quinn again. I haven't seen him for a while and it's always great to catch up with him. He's just, uh, we were, some of us were talking about him and his personality. And those of you who <clears throat> listen to this podcast on the regular know that, uh, he, he set this record for running consecutive, marathons. Oh my God, sorry. There's like this weird sound. I'm not sure what that was. Okay. It's outside. Um, anyway, yeah, so he's, he's, but, but he's a very calming influence. And, um, and I probably said this before, he's kind of got this like FM DJ from the seventies sort of voice, you know, it's just very calming. Um, and he's just incredibly laid back and kind and thoughtful and, um, yeah. And of course I got to see PJ, my, dear friend and his girlfriend, Laura, uh, and I always enjoy seeing her. And, um, <clears throat> I decided not to run though, just because, um, <laughs> Friday I, uh, was feeling really good. Actually, the, the hip, I've been going to the chiropractor, you know, a couple of times a week. And, uh, after a, an appointment on Thursday, I felt really good. And I was like, Hmm, well, let's, let's see how this, this running thing might go. And so I just thought, Oh, I'll just do three miles, you know? So I go over to my usual park and I, you know, did a little stretching, blah, 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 <laughs> took two steps. And on step number two, I landed on the side where the injury is and holy hell, it started hurting again. I was just like, oh my God, you know? So yeah, so I'm, I'm not out of the woods on this dumb thing yet. Um, it's, it's probably the most frustrating injury I've ever had. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, and I talked to Brad about it a little bit just because he's an occupational therapist, which I realize is slightly different from, you know, a, a PT or whatever, but I figured he'd, you know, have some ideas and, uh, you know, and so he gave me some interesting advice. And, um, so I, I thought that was helpful at least. And, um, yeah, I mean, and I went today, uh, Sunday to, to the clinic that I go to and, um, 
they're, I guess, the partner, you know, because there's two people that work at this clinic and um, the other doctor was there and he was a runner and um, he was like this kind of Texas-y kind of guy. He had like this accent, you know, and talked real fast and said he was a runner, did the, you know, Houston Marathon, I think, and, um, you know, was empathetic to what I'm going through, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, did an adjustment on me. And um, unfortunately, I was still kind of hobbling a little bit afterward. Um, it, it has since kind of improved, so I'm not really sure what that's about. Um, he did suggest taking magnesium because he said that that kind of um, releases a lot of the uh, tension and whatnot um, in the um, muscles and, and joints and whatnot. So I was like, all right, sign me up. I'll try it, you know. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Uh, it's, yeah. It, and I was talking to Brad about it, you know, Saturday, it's sort of like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do this again. And I'm really, you know, frustrated with this. And he's like, well, this too shall pass. And I'm like, I know, I know. And I mean, but I said, this is my life. I said, this is where, you know, my social life is. And this is really frustrating because, I mean, I love helping people. I mean, I had so much fun out there yesterday. Um, let me tell you, I got there like at 9am and, um, holy crap, they had me work in the uh, finish line aid station and, um, goodness gracious. Um, we were slammed for about an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, it was crazy. I don't even know if I looked up for the first hour or so, because it was just that busy. I was like, you know, pouring pickle juice, cutting up or, you know, serving up pickles, um, putting out snacks, you know, refilling, um, bananas, you know, other people were making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cutting up watermelon. Oh my God. And then toward the end, I had to cut up a watermelon. Um, <laughs> and I, I am not good at cutting up watermelon. Okay. I'm just, I'm really bad. And knives sort of scare me a little bit anyway, cause I'm not especially coordinated and I really don't know how to cut up a small watermelon. You know, it's like there's kind of like a larger than a personal one, but it's like a round one. So it's, it's not like the oblong kind, you know, anyway, um, thank God, Nimier, um, another buddy of mine, uh, who's from Austin area was coming in. Uh, he came back to say, Hey, I, I've known him from volunteering and running. And, um, <laughs> he had found out, um, he had watched Jeff Rhodes, my, my friend, um, who was at the other aid station uh, out on the course with his wife, Carrie. And um, Jeff showed him how to properly um, carve a, um, a watermelon. And, uh, and so Nimie, thank God, he took mercy on me and, and you know was showing me the ropes with that, which I'm not even going to try to explain this on a podcast, but needless to say, I did not manage to stab myself or anything. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty interesting day. Um, uh, very hot, you know, I mean, I was under a canopy all day, but I tell you what, I still got some sun yesterday cause I can tell it's like, I've got like marks on me. I'm like, Whoa. Um, but it was really, really fun to, to see a lot of the different runners, uh, running different distances. You know, some were doing the marathon, some doing the half, um, some doing the 10k, 5k, and then there is, uh, an afternoon, um, half marathon and then an evening, uh, 5k, 10k. So yeah, it, it, 
And if you're really crazy, you'll sign up and do the marathon and uh, the half marathon. So you can get a, we were, we were debating what to call this yesterday, a bifecta instead of a trifecta. So there you go. Cause it's virtually impossible to run a half marathon, a marathon, half marathon, and then two hours later do a five or 10 K. You're not going to do that. Okay. I mean, unless you're somebody you know really amazing but speaking of amazing people oh my god i found out that camille heron was was at this race and i was so excited because i've heard her name for years you know just in the elite running circles and uh i know she's she's buddies with um my friend uh scott coomer from the here we go again 10 junk miles podcast and um and yeah, and, and I was so mad because I was like, oh my God, I hope I didn't miss her, you know, because I was so busy, you know, doing stuff. I didn't even hardly look up to see who was running. I mean, I think at one point I did see my friend Matt Smith a couple of times and um, and he made a joke. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, last Monday I, I attended the uh, ice cream challenge, the sadistic um, or masochistic, I should say, um, event put on by the Rock Hoppers where people can eat an ice cream treat run a mile come back eat another one you can do that four times or eight times yeah so <laughs> and then matt he was doing the the eight times thing and then he was out there doing the marathon yesterday place third way to go um but when i first saw him he's like do you have any ice cream back there <laughs> i just started laughing <laughs> um <but> anyway <laughs> um what else was I going to say? But yeah, no, so I, but I did get to see Camille come in and uh, she actually set a course record. She beat my friend, David Zuniga. Ha ha, David, you got chicked. Uh, just kidding. David's a dear friend of mine, <laughs> actually a former coach of sorts. So there you go. Um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, she beat his course record by about three minutes. So all the boys got beaten by Camille. So, and she was so gracious because my friend Elizabeth, who is, Matt's girlfriend um, asked me um, if I would, you know, take a photo with Camille so she could send it to a, a friend of ours um, who was out of state doing something else. And so I was like, oh my God, I felt so self-conscious. And so, but I did. And Camille was very, very nice. She was very, you know, just lovely, you know, just a lovely person. And, um, you know, and, and I would say of the three elite runners that I've met in my lifetime so far. Um, they're all pretty cool. I mean, I met Jim Walmsley years ago because um, I had seen him win Bandera. I don't know. I forget what year it was, maybe 2015, 2016. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway, um, and then we ran into him the following year um, at the um, OST, which is this restaurant, the Old Spanish Trail. Um, it's like this mom and pop kind of diner you know if you will and um and of course i was telling all my friends i'm like oh hey there's there's jim walmsley and of course none of them knew who he was and then of course i had to explain it to them and then we go over you know and then as he was paying his bill because you have to pay your check at the cash register they're like we're gonna go up let's go up and talk to him and i'm like oh my god i felt so i felt so embarrassed and fangirly but we did <laughs> And he was incredibly gracious. You know, he posed for a photo with us and his friends were just hilarious. They, they, they were laughing their butts off at us because, you know, the, the fact that, you know, here's this guy, you know, who's, you know, won Western States eventually, um, you know, 
getting fangirled by a bunch of women from the Rio Grande Valley, et cetera. And, uh, and they were taking pictures of us getting a picture. So it, was, it was pretty funny. And then, of course, I ran into Courtney DeWalter. And I did not get to talk to her, but I did see her when she came through our aid station at Bandera um, this year. Super cool. You know, just to, you know. So I guess ultra runners, you know, they put their shoes and socks on just like the rest of us. But anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that story. But um yeah, so so that was that, and and it was just really a, a fulfilling experience because I, I I love you know helping out at these races as much as I can. Um, we did we did have some pretty bad storms uh, storms on Saturday morning before I left. Um, that one actually blew out my neighbor's window, and I was like, oh my god! And then I I saw a, um, an alert from my power company that said we were supposed to be getting really bad storms. Um, last night and today, which actually we're about to get one. Um, I can hear the thunder in the distance, but, um, and so I was just kind of like, okay, I think I'm going to go home because I just, you know, thought, okay, if you know something happens at my house, I don't want, you know, my cats jumping out through a window or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I go through all these bizarre scenarios, but anyway, so, um, so I got back last night and, uh, uh, what else? What else? I don't know. Not much else, really. Um, just, oh, also one, I'm not going to talk about it yet or give specific details, but um, I got a pretty good line on something um, that will ultimately help me earn what I was, what I lost. Um, I mean, I didn't really lose it, but I didn't get it. Okay. Um, for teaching summer school. And um, I was approached about a project uh, at school, and um, all we need is the approval from higher up. And I'm really hoping this comes through because that would be incredibly helpful, um, you know. And you know, and I appreciated uh, my dean for mentioning this to me because, you know, she understands that you know this does really take you do take a financial hit when you don't get to teach summer school. Um, you know, and again, this is like the first time in 20 years that I haven't gotten to teach summer school. So it's, it's kind of weird. I'm like, God, what do I do? You know, but now it looks like things might be working out, but I'll let you know more next week. Um, also, um, hit me up, uh, let me know, send a message, um, through Facebook or through here. You don't have to do voice messages or anything, but you know, just let me know. Cause we're thinking, I'm talking to Robbie about doing some swag for, uh, this podcast. Um, I'm thinking t-shirts, maybe coffee mugs and maybe a hat or something. Um, tell me what you're interested in. Um, I, I, I promise not to charge too much. You know I mean? Obviously I would like to make a little bit of cash on this, but, uh, it's not about me, you know, gouging people, um, or anything like that, but, um, yeah, hit me up and let me know. Cause I would love to, uh, you know, spread the word about that. It, oh yeah. And it was, I don't know if I mentioned this, but when I went to, uh, the flying pig a couple weeks or about a month ago, I guess now, geez, um, my brother-in-law was at the finish line wearing his stubborn tortoise t-shirt, which really made me happy. He, he did that last year when I did the, um, uh, vernal equinox race and, uh, yeah, so it's, it was kind of cute. I thought it was really nice of him to support me, and uh, and I'd like for you guys to support me, you know, just through swag and, um, you know, whatever. But And also, don't forget to leave reviews. Um, 
on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, just tell me if you like it, what you'd like to hear more of, etc. Um, you guys know how to find me, okay? Um, and again, I'm always looking for people to talk to. So please don't be shy. I'm I really don't bite, and I, I promise it's not that painful. So um okay, I think that's all I've got for now. I'll see you next time.